Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your Nobia source for thriving with diabetes. If you don't know me, my name is Taylor Danielle. And if you do, welcome back. Today, I really want to get into something that is always hard to talk about, I think, for anybody, just because there's so much history and learning and unlearning that you have to do. And it's mainly talking about emotional eating and my personal challenges with emotional eating, especially because when you think about how your emotions affect your food choices and how you make decisions, and even when we're eating, how certain memories are tied to certain foods, things like that. And so it's been an up and down roller coaster for me when it comes to my relationship with food in general. But I think when you add the variable of living with type 2 diabetes, it can make things even more complicated trying to find the best way to still enjoy food, but not feel so attached to it, whether it's because um, of a struggle with eating or because you feel like you eat too much or maintaining a condition like diabetes. So it's going to get a little interesting. Trigger warning, if you've ever dealt with an eating disorder of any type, living with diabetes or not, I've never formally been diagnosed with one, but I've recognized behaviors that were not so great and that I'm trying to work through. So I hope this episode is informative, especially because I'm going to be sharing a lot about my journey. And I really feel like it's something that we have to consistently have a conversation about because we have to understand our relationship with food in so many ways. And I just want to ensure that relationship is good. So that said, let's get to it. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglement, so. So let's do it. Oh, man. So emotional eating. It is a topic that is coming up more and more as we start to really tear apart diet culture and things like that. And now that mental health is being more strongly advocated for, for all types of conditions, there's so much psychology that goes in to our relationship with food. And so for me, there was such a, it's just been such an interesting thing for me because I enjoy food. But whenever you are living with a condition that feels like it is solely controlled by food, it kind of messes with that enjoyment. It makes you feel very limited in what you can have. Because now when I'm thinking about food, I'm thinking about how many carbs are in it, how much sugar is in it, is there enough protein, is there enough fiber, all of these things. And it starts to wear on you 
especially when you're thinking about the ingredients and all of that, it really just can put a damper on your mood when you just want to eat and not have to think about any of that. And you start to feel a bit of nostalgia for the life that you had before your diagnosis because you weren't thinking about that. Like you might know, ooh, maybe I shouldn't eat a burger every day because just in general, it's not the greatest for you, but you never really put it into perspective of, okay, I don't want to do this because this might cause me medical issues that I might not ever be able to change ever again. So it is such a slippery slope because every day is trying to find balance of fueling your body the right way, but still enjoying the food that you have, but making sure that you're not doing anything or eating anything rather that spikes your blood sugar. And it can make things challenging because especially with cravings, you just want to not see food as a chore. And so that's been the emotional roller coaster for me is lately food has been a chore. I don't feel inspired to cook it. And even though people have shared so many ways of how I can just quickly put something together, it's it's not just the action of it. It's the mental blocks behind it because cooking now requires me to think so hard, it feels like, about what I'm consuming. Am I pairing the right things together? Am I portioning things out? All of that. It really just complicates a lot. So you find yourself frustrated whenever you have to get groceries because you have to think about, okay, am I going to be willing to cook all of this? And what am I going to make? And do these things need to be hacked in any kind of way or um, are they good to go as they are? There's a lot more options that are low carb and sugar-free and all these things. So it's not that there aren't more opportunities to enjoy food while still ensuring that you're eating in a way that isn't going to complicate your diabetes or if anybody has any type of condition that's reliant on food, it still makes it really difficult. I don't consider myself to have had an eating disorder. I've never been medically diagnosed as having one, but I do feel like since I was diagnosed, I've felt more hesitant with food. (laughs) I've just felt so sometimes defeated because you want to eat something and we've put such strong emotional connotations with food that it's almost not even myself that's thinking of these things. It's the stuff that I've heard other people say either to me or around me that kicks in of, man, I really would like some fried chicken or fish or something of that nature. And, oh, you don't want to have all that. Don't have all that grease. Don't have all this. Don't have all that. All that fried stuff isn't good for you. And what is that going to do for your blood sugar? You don't want to spike yourself. Granted, your blood sugar is going to go up some. That's normal. But how high it spikes and how long it stays up there is the stuff that you have to pay attention to. Lately, I've just been so just tired and it's affected me in such a way because I'm noticing that I'm not actually eating enough during the day. I might eat for sure once a day, maybe even a snack, but I'm not actually like having regular meals throughout the day. And so it starts to have this ripple effect because a lot of diabetes management is emphasized on numbers. Your A1C, your fasting blood sugar levels, your current blood sugar levels after you've eaten, now with the CGM, your time and range. Like there's all of these data points 
that you're trying to meet so you can get an girl from your doctor and possibly come off medication or change your regimen or feel like what you're doing is working so your body can function, right? And as someone who isn't fully familiar with taking insulin, I can only imagine that it's a similar sentiment. So if you are someone who is insulin dependent, I would love your take on that as well. But for me, it's just I take oral-based medications and they help my body do what it's normally supposed to do because I'm insulin resistant. And I started having more lows from taking my medication regularly because I'm just not eating. And I don't have anything major going on in my life that's like I'm not going through an emotional thing that's distracting me or whatever. I just, I get up, I hit the ground running, back working full time. And I put all my energy into that. And I don't give myself enough time to actually eat. Because once I look at all the meetings that I have for the day and all the things that I need to do, I just start. I might have some coffee or tea in the morning. I do drink a lot of water, but then it'll hit two, three, four o'clock. And I'm like, oh shit, I should probably eat something. That would be a good idea to, to consume something. And especially when you're taking something like metformin, where it potentially could cause an upset stomach and is often you're directed to take it with food. I've been on it so long that I have gotten used to taking it on an empty stomach. And usually what will happen is eventually I will eat. And the regimen that I have now, I take some in the morning and I take some at night, which is also throwing me. Because my previous regimens, it was only having to be either in the morning or at night. So I've been noticing my lack of eating and getting worried because I'm having these moments in the middle of the night where I literally had to order candy to my house because I was having a low. Because I missed my morning dose, so I took my full day's worth of dose after dinner. And my dinner wasn't actually very heavy in carbs. It had a side of rice, but I, you know, ate it slowly because I'm not trying to spike myself. So I had a lot of veggies and I had a lot of protein, all that stuff like that. Um, and I crashed hard. I think I got as low as 53 in terms of my blood glu glucose levels and sitting up for the next two hours, eating a bit of candy, waiting for 15 minutes, checking, sitting a little bit longer, eating a little bit more. And then at that point, it's three in the morning and my sleep is now disturbed. And now I'm scared to go to sleep because if it drops again, then I have to get back up and I've got to eat more candy or whatever. I was out of juice, which I now have. It was just this back and forth. And it's crazy because years ago, I was like, I love candy. I love sweets. You can stop me from having it. But now I feel bad eating it and enjoying it. And some candies, like the little peachy candies too, I just want to keep eating it. I don't even want to stop. I'm just, I might as well finish the bag or whatever. Because you just want that one moment where I would just like to feel what used to be for myself normal, where I could eat a whole bag of candy and there weren't any major consequences for it. Maybe a stomachache. I have yet to have any cavities. The things that takes a long time to settle in, I feel. And now living with this condition... It's just, I can't do that anymore. Or it feels like I can't do that anymore, or I shouldn't. Or there's all of these things and messaging that's saying what I should and shouldn't do. And even if I know it's going to spike the hell out of me, sometimes it's like, just want to eat it. I just want to eat it. And I just want to like, feel like it's not 
a big deal. And so it has caused me to really sit back and try to dig deep and take everything that I've learned from spiritual work and mental work of how do I reconnect with the enjoyment of food without it feeling like such a big weight on me? And how do I really listen to my body and give it what it needs without feeling guilty if I miss a couple meals or something like that? Because I know part of me eating so late is I only really want to eat when I'm hungry. And that's been something that I've been doing the past over the past years is not really following a you need to have breakfast, you need to have lunch, you need to have dinner. It's just like, am I actually hungry? Now, I will say from the breakfast standpoint, I do still recognize that giving my body some type of fuel in the morning is helpful so it can get started. I know for those who do intermittent fasting, if that's what you choose to do, it might not seem like that big of a deal, but I've been drinking the Munique shakes in the mornings. And sometimes even that's hard because it is a little bit thicker. It's got a smoothie-like consistency. And when you're not really hungry, it's, it feels excruciating long. Like it's just like so painful to drink down this thing that is something. And I need fuel for my system in the morning and not just coffee. And I don't even drink caffeinated coffee that often. I actually drink more decaf because I like the taste of coffee. I don't want all the jitters that go with it. So it's just been a really tough road for me because food in general, fuel for your body in general is an important part. But the energy to actually make sure that I'm eating the right meals or whatever. It, it's even frustrating when you think about that. So what is the right meal? And, and who gets to say that this is the right meal or not? And those are other thoughts that are going through my mind. But my fridge has been quite empty. <laughs> I've been getting like the grocery stores that we have here do the pre-made meals where you might pop it in the oven and then you're good to go. And that's something that I've been leaning on so heavily because I don't have to think about it. It's already got... It's usually pretty even across the veggie protein, whatever. And the only other time where I feel like I have issues with those meals is like just taste. Sometimes I have a taste for something. But between that and I, I've been ordering out a lot and it's burning a hole through my wallet. <laughs> it really is. Because a lot of times when you order out, it's really that one meal for that time. Unless you're someone like me where I might get a bigger size so I can split it up. But it's not something sustainable over two weeks versus getting groceries and making your meal. And, and it does kind of push you to be thoughtful about what it is that you're consuming, but it's just so much easier for me right now. And I'm really trying to give myself permission to be okay with that. I do have other things. Like I, I love Oat of the Ordinary Oatmeal. That's been really great, especially doing the overnight oats and remembering to actually make it the night before. That's one of the things that I have to remind myself to do. So I have something in the morning, but it's just, it's really bothering me that I don't know if I've just conditioned my body to this or it's just honestly what I'm feeling, but like not being hungry a lot throughout the day. And then that translates, if you can even say that to lower numbers. And I feel like that's a dangerous thing to see because then it's messing with the regular flow of my body of signaling for fuel, me ignoring it potentially, and then only eating once and potentially messing up my cadence with my medication because of bottoming me out. And then the cycle repeats. And you see it all the time on social media for a lot of people living with diabetes of, cool, if you get your A1C down, 
but your blood sugar levels are constantly up and down, is that really something to celebrate? Is that really sustainable? Because it's it's definitely not good having your body being these two stressful states constantly. And that's something I've really been paying attention to is trying to, as best I can, because some days it, it just, you, you bottom out sometimes. And some days you eat something that you think is nice and well-rounded, or you might've had it before. And then it spikes you like crazy. And you're just like, oh, well, guess we're here. Overall, I've just like, my time and range not being messed with because I'm not doing everything or I'm cutting corners, it feels with my eating. So I'm curious to know if any of you guys have felt this where it's just it's just easier if I don't eat as often. And I know for a lot of us living with type two or even prediabetes, weight is such a huge thing that is pushed on us. So it leads to these triggering behaviors of these extreme moments with our food of, okay, I'm only going to eat once a day so I can have lower calories or whatever. Like it's just, it just puts so much pressure on your management because it just seems to all boil down to food and, and there's so much more to it. There really is. And so I mainly wanted to talk about this because a lot of times when people show that they're in the green and I have, I've been in the green quite well. And I've only had one or two spikes here and there, usually for days where I'm like, I'm going to have a burger or I'm going to have some fried fish or whatever. But for the most part, I've been in the green and I see it's, yes, I do. I feel like my medicine therapy is working. Yes, I do. But I'm not eating. (laughs) And so it's easier to have for me and my body. I would love to know if it's any different for you guys, but for me and my body, um, not having three meals a day is keeping me in the green. And I don't know if it's just because my body is just digesting differently or whatever, or maybe it's using up the fat stores that I have. I don't know. And I know that diabulimia is something that happens for those who are insulin dependent in not taking your insulin so that way you'll lose weight and things like that. And by no means do I have any full understanding of what that might be like. And I know that there are a lot of you who have experienced that. But for me, I know as a type two, that's impossible for me to have, but that's what I feel like is my version is not eating in order to have the numbers. And I'm not purposely doing it. So that's why I say that very lightly because I do not want it to be a comparison game of the experience of those who truly have gone through that. But I think it's safe to say that a lot of us, no matter what type of diabetes that we have, have done things intentionally or unintentionally, in my case, that have made the data points look good, but the sustainability for you isn't. And so I'm really trying to dig deep and understand what's, I don't want to say what's causing it, but just slowing myself down enough to really listen to what my body is needing, what it's asking for, the type of nutrients that it's asking for. I've been drinking a lot of water. I'll I'll have phases where I have cravings. And I think that's the part that trips me is when I don't have a craving for anything. That scares me a little bit because it's like, I should eat something, but it's just like, I don't want to, or I guess I can eat this, but I'm not enjoying it because I don't really have a taste for it. But what do you have a taste for? I don't know. And it makes me think of the whole, when you ask your date, what do they want to eat? and they don't really know kind of thing. That's 
what I'm going through constantly. <laughs> the last couple of weeks is I just, I don't know. And the moments when I do have a taste for something, oh, finally, I have something to lead me on because there's nothing more frustrating than cooking something for yourself, eating it, and you're just like, oh, I don't like this at all, but I need to eat it, but I don't like it, and it's doing nothing for me. Uh, now I got to force myself to finish this because I made it, and I don't want to, you know take these meds and I didn't give it much to go off of. So it's been really challenging for me lately to try to do that. And it, I know, I don't, I don't want to say I know, but I feel like part of it is my lack of movement. I'm not exerting enough energy for my body to need to refuel to the degree of multiple meals a day. And it's something that's been on my mind of, okay, I'm trying to move more. The past year being in the house all the time and even still having a remote job, it has been hard to leave the house, literally. It, it's, I get up and I walk and having my Apple Watch again has definitely helped to ensure I'm not just literally sitting down or laying down or standing around all day, but I'm not exerting a whole lot of energy. And so part of me is wondering if my lack of appetite is because I'm not burning enough fuel to need much more. And it's just kind of this trickle effect or snowball effect, if you will. So I definitely recognize that, especially when it's that time of the month or I'm stressed out, I definitely f feel myself eating more, but it's more of a thinking back to those moments of, okay, I had a really sad day or like, you know, I think the first memory that comes up is uh, when our family dog passed, my dad, you know, took us out to eat. When me and my cousin would stay at our great grandmother's house and we had to clean all day, but we like just wanted a snack. She always had those orange wedge gummies coated in sugar. And we used to sneak into the kitchen and eat them because they always limited how much sweets we could have. There's all these memories attached to food. And I'll say I've even recognized some of the passive conditioning of like when you watch TV or movies or whatever and the girl is going through a really tough time or a bad breakup that she just goes and eats a pint of ice cream or all these things and me following those actions because in the back of my mind my brain is connecting that oh this is what you're supposed to do when you're sad this is what you're supposed to do when you're stressed out and there have been moments when I was just having one of those really bad burnout days where I'm like fuck it. I'm going to get some hot Cheetos. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get all the snacks and I'm going to lay in bed in a gross t-shirt and probably need a shower and hair is a mess and all this stuff. And I'm just going to veg out on TV and I'm just going to mindlessly eat because that's just what I want to do. And it makes me feel better. And it's giving me something to do that is my rebellious act against doing the right thing. If there's such a thing. And Feeling like crap afterwards, because it's not even just nothing against the snacks. It's just the quality of the snacks. But feeling like crap afterwards and then just berating myself of when you have knowledge of what you should be doing or all of the things that you've learned directly and indirectly of how you should take care of yourself, because we just constantly need the advice of others instead of listening to ourselves. We've been conditioned so hard to have to rely on other people. And it, I don't feel like it was necessarily a bad thing. Like, obviously, when you're a child, you have to rely on your family 
to take care of you, to show you the right way. And all they're doing is sharing the best that they can. And then you get into adulthood and you have to unlearn some of those things because it doesn't necessarily work for you. And so it's in this small moment where all of that information is flooding to you that you can't even hear yourself. And so I'm just trying to listen to myself again. And part of that was acknowledging work and the balancing act of having a full-time job again and really wanting to go in with the show and make sure I'm creating something that I feel proud of. And I was pushing and fighting against myself so hard because my whole motto is I'm not being productive enough and having to slow down to say, yes, you are. Look at what you've accomplished. And so when I sat down and acknowledged that for myself, then it was like I could start hearing my body again of, hey, this way that we're surviving right now, it's not working. Eating once a day isn't working because of what your medication is doing afterwards. And even though you're getting all the nice green numbers, it's not right. Something's off. And that's when I noticed, okay, I need to move more. I, I just, it's not even a, you should just work out. It's just, I need to move more. I'm, I'm starting to stretch while I'm still laying down because I feel my body aching and losing strength and having issues with my shoulder. And I'm starting to feel interesting circulation things on my legs and all these kind of things that are creeping up that are just my body's way of talking to me of whatever we're doing right now, it ain't working. And if we don't figure something out, I, I have to start shutting the systems down. That's kind of how I see it. So yeah, my, my emotional relationship with food has been really challenging for me lately. And I, I really wanted to share this in case anyone else is going through that it's okay. And that if you needed any type of sign to slow down and really listen to yourself, this is it. Because as I'm going through it, I'm definitely giving myself a lot more grace. I'm definitely starting to, even it's just small things, of making food an enjoyable experience again for me. When I was working with a coach in the past, she would tell me to spend one meal eating alone with no distractions, no phone, put the dogs away if you have to, no TV, no music, no nothing. Just sit and eat alone and go slow with your food. She said, treat your food like you would your lover. You would pay attention to them. You would go slow. You would engage with them, take in the smells, the, the sights, the, the texture, all of that. And that stuck out in my head this past week because I'm like, yeah, I need to re rekindle that understanding in a way. So that way I'm not rushing through things and not appreciating the moments of like, I get to eat today. And I'm not trying to make food this like heavy thing. But for me, when I start listening to myself, it's okay, I need to slow down and enjoy the meal that I'm having and appreciate that I'm blessed enough to be able to do this for myself or get the foods that I want or order out because I know there are plenty of people who I can't. And to really tune in to what is a way that I can help my body be stronger and function properly and not stress. And that's where I'm at is I feel like I'm stressing myself out. 
I'm, I'm stressing my vessel out that's trying to contain all of my emotion and all of my normal duties. I love cells at work. Cells at work is always a way to remind me of your body works hard for you every single day to keep you going. And when I feel this disconnect with my body of I'm not eating, I'm not doing these things, I, whatever, that's when I really know that I need to slow down and just pay attention because I don't want to ignore my body and what it needs. I want to work with it and I want to give it everything possible to have it be in its best state. So a bit of a ramble, but I just felt it was really important to share. I know sometimes it can just feel like it's always tips and guests and happy things, but I want to talk about the real shit too of like, I'm struggling right now, y'all. <laughs> Despite having the nice report card, if you will, I'm struggling and getting positive results don't go hand in hand. Yes, some things will be challenging, but right now what I got going on isn't sustainable. So I just wanted to share that because I know a lot of us experience these type of things. We experience wanting to do the right thing, wanting to get those numbers, wanting to have the best of the best and sometimes we do it at the cost of the very thing that we need and so just know that if you're listening like it's okay to slow down it's okay to not be okay it's okay to recognize that whatever you're doing to meet those data points or try to be a good person living with diabetes there's no such thing of just slowing down to listen to yourself and if what you're doing is not sustainable for you, not for the numbers, for you, then it's time to switch something up. And that should be okay. And it's going to be hard and you will figure it out. But I think the biggest lesson for me right now is just slow down and really sit back and just give your body what it needs from what it's telling you, not... Not what you think it needs because of what everyone else is telling you. So I hope that was, you know, enjoyable for y'all. I just wanted to, to share some real thoughts about that. Following all the social things, I hope to share a lot more of this more vulnerable stuff with you guys, especially in the coming seasons, because I think it's important for me to share more deeply what's going on. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Listen on your favorite podcast platform, share with a friend and share me your thoughts about your emotional state and, and eating and all of that. I would love to know how you are getting through that, but know that however you're getting through it, I'm rooting for you because I know we're out here just trying to do the best that we can. So with that being said, I will catch you guys next time.